Okay, good evening, everybody. Happy Monday. Welcome to another edition of Complete Sports Media's podcast. I'm your host, Darren Campbell. And of course, joining me, it's a Monday. We've got Jason Cameron coming in and lending us some expertise on some NFL, some UFC, some NBA, lots of fun stuff over the weekend to break down. Uh, this is going to be a great night. Jason, thanks for joining me. And uh, yeah, how, how was your weekend? How was your day? Uh, the day was good. It was kind of quiet at work, so that was cool. But uh, the weekend was great. I managed to see a friend of mine uh, I've known for a long time, known him since high school. So we watched the UFC kind of at a later at a later time. So okay. everybody that came over to watch and play cards tried not to see all the results or anything. Nice. But uh, we all had a good time. It was a good oh, time. Good. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's funny when it's overseas like this. Uh, it uh, started seven thirty in the morning here, and uh, so I had to wake up early on a Saturday, which I don't love to do. I usually like, uh, you know, sleeping in and staying in bed. But to be honest, uh, I actually don't think I left bed for more than a few minutes uh, the entire Saturday. So I stayed there. <laughs> I watched the fights. I stayed there. I watched some baseball, some hockey, some uh, everything, and then uh, just continued on and on and on. Uh, stayed in bed, watched movies. Uh, never really got out of bed on Saturday. It was good. Sometimes you need days like that. You do. I, I, I swear. Yeah, you do need days like that. And uh, slightly jealous because I, I actually did have to get out of bed. So, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sunday had a really great day. Uh, I had a great weekend with Lorraine. It was very nice to spend so much time with her, but it was really awesome. I got a chance to see my dad. Don't get to see him as much as I like. Uh, he was over for the week, and uh, we finally got a chance to get together on Sunday. Went and watched some football over at Boston Pizza, and uh, it was really nice. I had an awesome visit with him, and um, that yeah, that really put a, a big uh, gold star on my weekend. Uh, made me pretty happy. Oh, that's good. It's all it's always good like uh seeing family and stuff, seeing seeing like you like you just said, your father and this hanging out. Yeah. Fun. Yeah, it was great, really good. Um the World Series is set now. The Houston Astros uh swept my New York Yankees out, and uh they are the American League representative. Uh my National League team has always been the Philadelphia Phillies, and uh they beat the um they were able to uh, beat the San Diego Padres and win in five games. And uh, so the World Series starts on Friday and uh, it'll be the Phillies. First time they've been in there in a long time, like maybe 15 years or something like that. And uh, um, yeah, it will it should be good. Hopefully the Phillies can do really well. Uh, Houston's had an awesome, awesome year, but uh, it was sad to see the Yankees get swept like that. And uh, tough to watch. Uh, Aaron Judge. Probably doesn't stay in New York anymore, so that's uh, that's tough. But um, yeah, it was a good year, but to get swept out, it leaves a sour taste in your mouth. Yeah, of course, it, it will always leave a sour taste in your mouth because you feel that your team should be better than that. Yeah. And I believe, well, the Yankees don't they spend enough money to be better than that? <laughs> they sure do. Yeah, they they sure do. They're usually top of the league in the payroll and uh, bring in the talent they need, but uh, they're they just uh, f for some reason couldn't hit, and their bullpen uh, 
let them down a bit. And um, yeah, they were just the, the second best team in that series. And it was tough to watch, but uh, every year they make the playoffs, uh, which is nice. Uh, nice to see them always in there with a the chance. And uh, I guess uh, better luck next year. Uh, we are just uh, started the fourth quarter in the Monday night football game. Uh, surprisingly, the Chicago Bears are winning uh, 32-14 with uh, a convert to come. Um, Bears have lost, uh, is it four, three out of the last four, four out of the last five. And uh, New England came in winning the last two games. Uh, Bailey Zappi uh, doing a good job filling in for Mac Jones. And um, yeah, topsy-turvy, weird NFL season again, and uh, Chicago's uh, kicking their butt, looking like they're going to take their third one of the year. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm i still kind of – I'm surprised, I'm not going to lie, that Mac Jones got pulled in this game. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm a little bit surprised at that because I'm like, so you feel that the third string guy, <laughs> that's your best option now? Like, yeah. that's not that's not a good look. Quick, for the uh, quick benching uh, – Belichick yeah. was, uh, yeah, really quick to. Uh, he just came back. He was he missed a couple games, and you know you thought he would he would get a, a shot at it. I guess uh, Belichick didn't like what he uh, what he saw out there. Um, Belichick is on the verge of becoming the second all time winningest coach. He's right now tied with wins with George Hallis at three hundred and twenty four, and uh, Don Shula still leads the way at three hundred and forty seven career wins, but. Uh, it doesn't look like uh, uh, Belichick's going to be able to pass uh, Hallis tonight. Uh, he'll have to wait another, at least another week or two. Yeah, yeah, he's going to have to wait because uh, who knew the Bears were going to hang 30, 30 points on him? Yeah, wow. yeah, this is crazy. Yeah, 33 to 14. This is, yeah, a one-sided affair, so I'm not missing a lot. Uh, I have been watching the Manning cast, and it's been pretty good. Uh, they had Barack Obama on earlier, a Chicago guy, and that was great. That was really fun to watch. Uh, just finished watching Bill Burr on there with them, one of my favorite comedians, hilarious guy. And uh, Vince Vaughn has taken the seat now uh, there to uh, join them. Vince Vaughn, a very famous Chicagoan. So, uh, yeah, they've had some awesome guests tonight, uh, fun to watch. I'm recording it, so I can't wait to hear the funny exchange as uh, all guys are are hilarious and I'm sure there'll be tons of quips and funny things to to break down while they're watching the game. Yeah, I I noticed that they were making comments about uh Barack, what Barack was wearing. Yeah. Uh when he was on, he was just like, oh, so so this is a style now. He's <laughs> emulating us. And I'm like, the former president is emulating you guys. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that was funny. That was really hilarious. So yeah. I loved it. Uh, they, they, those guys are just awesome. I'm glad they do this Manning cast. Uh, you know, I, I like hearing regular commentary on football games, but on these uh, Monday nighters, especially when it's a game that's kind of yeah. a blowout like this, uh, it's great to, you know, have them just having fun. Yeah, it's great. And also, too, it's great to hear their analysis. Yeah. It's like you're, you're kind of talking about, well, Peyton for sure, but in Eli probably – Two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, yeah, brother. I've been playing this game for a long time. So when you hear them break down like the coverages and stuff, I'm just like, ah, oh, this is this is kind of awesome. It's pretty it's awesome. Cool. Yeah, very awesome. Yeah, they're uh, they're brilliant. Uh, 
two very very smart football minds and and yeah uh, yeah Peyton I don't I think Peyton uh, you know in the history of football he he probably was the guy that broke down the most and and just wow. seemed to you know know that the game better than anybody uh you know that that I ever saw on the field oh yeah well like 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 it's been said about him numerous times that it was like a, having an offensive coordinator on the field to play what's right. yeah. yeah. and, and and it's absolutely true because he's just like yeah no no i know exactly how to attack this defense especially <laughs> if they do this and this and then if they do this and i have a counter for that like that's the way his brain works yeah, yeah very, awesome. very cool very super cool uh i mentioned bill burr and vince vaughn uh two great comedians uh earlier uh we had uh one of the best comedians on the planet here uh this weekend here in vancouver chris rock was performing out at the uh, thunderbird arena and uh i was so burnt out on friday that i was afraid that i was just gonna go and fall asleep and imagine just going to a chris rock show and sitting there and falling asleep i i probably would have i was so so tired from a hard week of work that i never went kicking myself i got that fomo all weekend like why did you not go why did you not go uh also elton john was here in town uh his last tour of his life he says uh last concerts in canada and uh supposedly they had uh, bc place packed and uh I, I a friend of ours uh joe hinks went and said it was absolutely amazing and super fun uh but lots of uh activity going on in the city uh over the weekend Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was. And actually, apparently, uh, from what my friend said, there was a yet another concert that was supposed to happen on Saturday. Uh, I, I think I got the, the band right. Thomas Brown or something like that. Okay. But but unfortunately, it got canceled oh. because a couple of their bandmates couldn't get over the border. Oh, shit. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. happens. That happens sometimes to bands. That's that's got to suck. Oh, yeah. Wow. Brutal. Yeah. yeah, he said it was brutal. Yeah. Um, our local team here, uh, not doing well so far. Uh, Canucks are the worst team in the NHL as we speak. Uh, winless in six games to start the year. Uh, last year was horrible. Year before was horrible. But they're actually setting records this year for futility and blowing leads. They've blown, I think, five two-goal leads so far. And no team in the history of the NHL has had a shittier uh, beginning to the season. Uh, they're playing currently right now. Uh, it's against Carolina Hurricanes. And, and uh, yeah, uh, if I was a betting man, I would bet they're uh, going to be uh, winless in seven, not winning a game tonight. Uh, it has been tragic. Uh, there was guys even throwing their jerseys onto the ice. Uh, they were booing the entire third period the other night, and uh, it's getting ugly here. Uh, well, hold on a second. Are they up by two goals at least? Because then you know they're going to lose, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just started. Uh, let me see. They're probably uh, – <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like hopefully they don't get a lead because uh, it's crazy. Oh, they uh, they just got scored on just as I turned the town. Uh, yeah, one nothing. Uh, power play goal for Carolina uh, early on in the game here. And, uh, yeah, this is, this is bad. Uh, Canucks – Penalty kill is worst in the NHL. Uh, almost all their stats are completely the worst in the in the league. <laughs> They're getting scored on about forty five percent of the time, 
uh, on the power play. Uh, it's last year's penalty kill was so epically bad that uh, people just couldn't believe that it was that bad. And this year, it's it's even worse. So uh, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I think this team has to just completely blow up and uh, they've got to rebuild. But uh, I don't think anybody expected it would be this bad. Well, I don't think anybody expects it to be as bad as that. Like, you would think that they would stumble into a win. Yeah. Stumble into one. But no, they can't even do that. So that's that's bad. Yeah, that's that's horrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't waste my time. I, I've I've pretty much pretty much given up on their season. So uh, <laughs> why waste my any time towards it anymore? It's uh, it's not going to happen. Um, yeah, this Monday Nighter is, is really shocking. I, I actually would have put a lot of money on the Patriots winning this one. Uh, are you surprised? Oh, I'm, I'm very surprised. Because uh, like we, I was talking with a co-worker about possibly betting on this one. But then I'm like, I don't trust either team. So we'll pick a different game. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just don't. I don't. Well, I sent you that statistic that I heard uh, early Sunday that blew me away. Uh, only one game yesterday involved two teams uh, that were above 500 with the record going into the games. And that was not a barn burner game. It was the Titans at uh, three and two against the uh, Colts at three, two and one. And uh, no other game had two teams that were both Five uh, over five hundred. Uh, it's so so bizarre. This uh, this season seems to be one of those ones that you just really don't have any clue who's going to win from one week to the next. No, no, you you really don't. You have no clue. It's a crapshoot at times. Uh, when when you think you 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 know, I think this team should win or it has to win, then all of a sudden, like for example, the Commanders and Packers, the Commanders beat. The Packers? Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Carolina's given up. They they traded their running back. They traded their wide receiver. They're trying to get rid of everybody. They're trying to rebuild, and they go and beat the Bucks. Uh, like unbelievable. Like this with a third string quarterback. Uh, yeah. This is a just weird season. I remember you and I talking so much last year how how the playoffs were the best playoffs that we had ever witnessed. Just so many games going down to that last drive, that last play. And um, this year is just, just you know, the craziest. It's like throw a dart at the dartboard and pick your team. And, and uh, you know, I, I would not be uh, liking to bet too much uh, on this. I, I've, I've abandoned my fantasy football, and, <laughs> and I've decided I'm not going to put bets out there. I just don't want to be broke and poor. Yeah, yeah, no, that's probably a good idea, especially for this season, because you just have no idea what team is going to show up on week to week, except there's obviously exceptions, you know, for those top tier teams like the Chiefs and the Bills or whatever. Otherwise, everybody else, who knows? That's crazy. So I was, um, uh, last week when we had, actually not last week, but the week before we had, Barry Grant Jr. on the three of us, and it was great. Uh, Barry always does Dummy of the Week, and I, I love it. Uh, it's a great segment. But I said, you know, during that podcast, uh, I, I'd really like to have like you know positive spin. I like to have Hero of the Week, uh, you know, somebody like that. Uh, I 
I started thinking about, you know, maybe I could have a, a bit of a, a suck of the week guy. Uh, I don't know. I was back and forth. And then today I made up a list and I made up a list of things that are great and things that suck. And uh, I'd like to just uh, give you my list here and uh, yeah, just sort of chime in with where my brain was going today. Uh, my I'm going to start with my list of things that suck. Uh, the Canucks, the Lakers, the rain, uh, football injuries, the concussions, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, divorce, and being broke and being uh, and and feeling poor. Uh, those are the things that suck really bad. Um, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers sucked really bad yesterday. They were horrible. Um, the Lakers, oh my God, that team is just beyond brutal. And uh, yeah, I'm getting really tired of football injuries, concussions. Oh my God, uh, it's ruining you know, one of the best sports in the world, and it's been pretty tough to watch. Um, I hate that Tom Brady is sucking, and uh, he's actually come back, and it's cost him his marriage. That's pretty crappy. Like, things got to suck for him right now. So that's my list of things that suck. Do you want to uh, add on to uh, to the list at all? Anything that come to your mind of things that suck right now? Oh, yeah. Going to the dump always sucks. Oh, yeah. We were there last week. Man, it was smelly. Holy cow. It is. It's so, it's so disgusting. It's so gross. So that sucks. Um, You know, like, rain sucks. But you know what sucks just as much as the rain? Just the grayness. The gray clouds. Yeah. The overseeing gray clouds where you don't see any sun, no sunlight, you know, for months on end. That's that sucks. That definitely sucks. Yeah. Oh yeah, and then uh, the other thing that sucks, I'm gonna go with like a franchise because of the fact that this guy actually runs the franchise. What uh, the Washington Commanders? I Dan believe Snyder. they have. Yeah. Like, yeah, they have a culture of toxicity Brutal. because of David yeah. Snyder, and it's funny because now I think I believe there's talk about getting rid of Dan Snyder. Yeah. And well, Dan Snyder has then said, "You can do that, but." There'll be consequences, yeah. which is a lot of dirty laundry being aired. Yeah. And I believe, I think it was the Colts owner said, go for it. I still want you gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, yeah, he's put out some threatening letters and uh, yeah, I've been in the media a bit saying, uh, yeah, if I go down, everybody's going down. And uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's one of those crash and burn type of guys. Uh, I'm hoping that, I'm hoping that that's not the kind of person that uh, Putin is when, uh, you know, they decide to uh, kick him out or, you know, get him out of there at some at, in some ways. You don't just go, OK, see you guys. I'm going. You're going to boom. You know, so, jeez, uh, uh, Yeah, but Dan Snyder sounds bitter and he he's not going without a fight. No, no, he is definitely not going to go without a fight. And, you know, if depending on how this progresses, maybe they back off, maybe they go all in. But what we're going to find out is we're going to hear a lot of stuff. Yeah. That a lot of people don't want us to know about. Yeah. Well, if it does go that way. Well, well, you and I speculated quite a bit when Gruden took the fall. Oh, yeah. Uh, all those leaked emails and stuff. We thought there's no way there's only one guy that's, uh, you know, doing any of this kind of crap. So. 
you know, uh, at some point, somebody's also going to, you know, release some of this other stuff that other guys have been saying and doing. And uh, there's going to be other guys that uh, pay the price. Oh, yeah, obviously. Like, I, I don't know if Dan Snyder had an axe to grind against Gruden and just used him as, you could say, quote, unquote, an example of what I could do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so maybe it was like, you know, it was a threat just by using Gruden as a sacrificial lamb. Saying, yeah. Yeah. This, this, is, this is just one thing I can do. Yeah. Imagine what, uh, what else I can do. Yeah. Well, the old boys network there in the NFL, I'm sure a lot of guys are actually shaking in their boots because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if they want to keep the teams, uh, it could be tough because we've seen Robert Sarber and the uh, NBA being basically being – forced to sell uh, we've seen in the nba on a couple of occasions and uh yeah i'm sure these guys aren't above the law when it comes down and some of these things uh really come to light yeah yeah they're they're not above the law they have a lot of money but at the end of the day they still have to be accountable for their actions yeah. and we don't know what they've done but yeah. it looks like we're going to find out <laughs> yeah i heard some really cool Think today that uh, Magic Johnson is working with a group to buy a minority stake in the Las Vegas Raiders, and uh, that would be phenomenal. Uh, love Magic Johnson and everything he's done, you know, in the game and outside the game uh, since he's been part of the Dodgers organization. That has been a first-class organization. Almost everything he touches is turns to gold. Uh, I wish he could take over the Lakers and uh, you know kick out the bus family and all the crap that's going on there. But uh, yeah, really cool to hear um, that he's, uh, you know, in the works to try to buy a piece of the Raiders. No, that that's cool. That's cool because obviously he's a smart man. He's a smart businessman and he has generated quite a bit of money after his playing career. Yeah. So, you know, like if, if he's, I hope he's successful in uh, getting a minority stake in, uh, for the Raiders. It's going to be a lot of money. Uh, supposedly, the Raiders, um, when they started doing the valuation of this purchase, um, they valued them at $6.5 billion, uh, which is more than any other sports franchise has um, ever sold for uh, in the history of sports. So, um, yeah, he's going to have to have some friends with deep pockets. He's He's got money, but... Uh, you're talking, you know, a piece of six and a half billion. That's you got to have super, super deep pockets. Well, yeah, you you got to have some billionaires on your side. Yeah, like, like one or two, or or three, or they, <laughs> I, as many as you can. Yeah, that. yeah, no kidding. Yeah, um, I, I have some figures, and I'll get to that in a little bit. But um, why don't we get back to my list? Uh, uh, that was my list of things that suck. Uh, things that rule. Our sunshine, uh, you mentioned that too. Uh, brutal gray days are not fun, and we, we we can get months of that, and it can get depressing. Um, things that rule are also teams that play the Canucks, teams that play the Lakers, uh, and getting a pro contract. Uh, those that those things really rule. Uh, I can't believe the money that was given out to these uh, guys in the NBA. I started looking down the list of guys that got money in this off season and holy crap. Uh, there was a lot of money handed out to guys. Uh, even middle guys are making 20, $30 million now. Uh, you know, it's getting up there $50 million. Some uh, Damian Lillard, I think this year is going to make $63 million. Uh, so definitely uh, getting a pro contract would rule. Yeah. 
Oh, uh, by the way, I was going to add somebody that does rule is Damian Lillard because of what he did against the Lakers. That dude looks fantastic. Uh, Ever since he's had his uh, uh, surgery to fix what was wrong with his stomach, uh, he has been lights out. Yeah. Yeah, that was big. I think the Lakers were shocked. I think a lot of people thought uh, Portland wouldn't be very good this year. They seemed like they uh, were in maybe a bit of a rebuilding mode with some of the moves they've made. But, um, yeah, they were easily able to handle uh, the Lakers and – and Lillard, yeah, I think he put up 40, and uh, yeah, he was just uh, looking, yeah, looking like three, four years younger, uh, had that had that quickness that I haven't seen in a while. Yeah, yeah, he, he played awesome. He played unbelievable. It was great. So I think um, there's a few things we can do to make things suck less. So uh, I know people will hate global warming, but – I'm kind of enjoying it here. We had a really, really extended summer. And and up until about uh, three days ago, uh, this place was awesome to live. Uh, you know, I was enjoying it going on and on and on. I am not looking forward to weeks and weeks and months of, of rain. So global warming can be good in the short term. That's not, <laughs> not bad. Um, I, I think uh, just blowing this Canucks team up, I mentioned it earlier. I think the Lakers have to... Just start blowing their team up. I think uh, West Westbrook is the guy that they keep trying to pawn off on other people and nobody wants him. But I think it's time to get rid of LeBron, AD, Westbrook, uh, see what you can get. Probably we'll be able to stockpile a huge amount of guys. We've seen it. We see it in uh, with the Oklahoma Thunder. We mm-hmm. see it with um, the Orlando Magic. Uh, we're seeing it with Utah. Utah's 3-0 going into tonight, and uh, they blew up their team, got rid of uh, four of their top starters. Uh, I think it's time to see what you can get for LeBron. AD's hurt way too often, and, and Westbrook's just not 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 able to do anything anymore. So I, I think the Lakers just have to cut bait, get Magic in as an owner, and blow this thing up, start fresh. Yeah, it, it's just sad, man. It's just not looking good. Like, like, how about this? Like, even if LeBron is doing a post-game interview and he's talking about roster construction, saying, well, we can't shoot. Like, he literally said that. He's like, yeah. team can't shoot. Like, you know, like, I'm listening to him and he's just kind of yeah. like, you know, it is what it is. So, yeah. It was crazy to me because you usually don't hear him say stuff like that. No, no, you, don't you usually don't. No, he's... He yeah. usually sugarcoats things and and stays positive and and uh, you know just has blind faith all the time and uh, yeah I think this is face he's trying to have have to face reality. Uh, this this team actually could could be the worst shooting team that I've ever witnessed. I, I was just stunned the other night. Like they cannot hit a jump shot. None of them. They they can only score at the hoop on a rebound jam. Uh, but they they can't hit a jump shot. Nobody. Nobody on the team can hit a three-pointer. Nobody can hit a jump shot. So how is this team possibly going to win? Yeah, exactly, right? Like, you know, LeBron's going to do LeBron things. He's going to score. He's going to get his points. And he's going to get his numbers. But that's about all he can do. (laughs) Like, you can't carry the team anymore. He's not that guy. He's not a young man. But he'll get his points. And AD will get his points up until the point he gets injured. Yeah, and, and and you know and you know that's probably right around the corner. 
Heck, I was just watching the game where he went for a block and he unfortunately got undercut. And yeah. then you could hear the whole arena go, oh, he's gone. He's gone again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, he's too fragile. 40 games last year. He's been, you know, missing massive amounts of time three of the last four seasons. Um, he just revealed today that he had a wrist injury that he uh, suffered with all his season last year. Uh, we knew about the MCL sprain of his knee. We knew about the foot sprain that kept him out for many of the games. But nobody knew about this wrist injury that he said he had uh, almost all season last year. Uh, his three-point percentage last year was 18.5%. His free throw percentage was 70%. Um, he's a liability. He's not – you can't You can't keep this guy on the court. He. He's just – he's – He's not somebody that you want on your team to be this cornerstone. It doesn't seem like it now because it, it's it's unfortunate because he's just unreliable. Yeah, He's so fragile that you just don't know what you're going to get out of him in a regular season. Yeah, actually, you don't even know if he's going to be available for you in playoffs because he could be injured going yeah. into the playoffs. So, yeah, that's, that's what you're looking at with AD all the time now. I watched that Lakers game the other night, and Westbrook was 0 for 12. Uh, he was just uh, – he was brutal. It was it was, it was was really painful to watch. I just think that he's uh, – he went to the wrong place, uh, lost his confidence, and, you know, he's he's trying, but it's just – it. Uh, they just don't – they just don't know how to mix this thing together, and uh, it's, it's a dumpster fire there. It's – I, I don't remember seeing the Lakers this bad. Uh, during the last few years, Kobe was there. They were a mess. But uh, I, I just didn't really fathom that it would get this bad. Uh, with, with you know, these talented guys all coming together, you thought, okay, they're old. You know, if they can stay healthy, it could be good. But even healthy, they're horrible. Well, they're, they're, we're just two seasons removed from when they won, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, you know, like, and, and and I think about it then, and I think about what their roster was like when they won. They should have just kept that team together. Yeah. That's what they should have done. Yeah. They should have made no moves and just kept that team. Yeah. Like, that seemed to have worked. Let's just do that. Yeah. that back. yeah, no doubt. Hey, yeah. Warriors have proven that. Uh, Spurs have proven that a lot over the years. Uh, you know, a lot of teams that uh, stick stick with the team with their team and that core uh yeah even even all the the role players they should have ran them back it's been ridiculous that uh yeah it's it's definitely uh, not fun there I, I feel sorry for Lakers fans and and uh yeah we'll see how this plays out um I think Brady needs to bring Gronk back I think uh <laughs> Brady needs to um figure out how to save his marriage I don't know if that's the problem right now but man I I I'm really witnessing some bad games. He led the league in passing last year, uh, passing yardage, and you thought, holy crap, at 45 years old, he's, uh, you know, still got it. Uh, but could he just have went like that and he's an old man that can't can't throw anymore, can't, can't play? I, I was going to say this. In that game, though, there were some drops, all right? The Evans there was, one was brutal. That, that first was one was a sure touchdown. If that, he catches that, yeah, yeah, that's true. All right, and, and also too. So let's say this: What if Evans does catch that ball? Right. Maybe the whole dynamic of that game changes right then and there. It could have, yeah, possibly. 
do you think Aaron Rodgers uh, is calling Devontae Adams, asking him to come back? Oh, I, I think he, he might have. He might have texted him and Devontae said, well, you should have mentioned something, you know. <laughs> you yeah. should have said something. Maybe yeah. I wouldn't say it, but since you didn't and you were concerned with getting your own pay, which you got, I guess there was no money left for me. I left. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I talked about uh, things that rule or signing a pro contract. Um, we're a little bit past our prime to sign a pro contract. We might be able to golf. Maybe you say you hate golf and you're no good, but uh, there is the possibility of still signing a pro contract uh, at our age. But um, what about broadcasting? Uh, the inside the NBA crew all got re-upped. They all signed contract extensions. And uh, the best show on television has another 10 years of Charles, Shaq, Kenny, and Ernie. And uh, that was awesome news. And no contracts uh, details get uh, emerged except Charles. Uh, they, we hear 200 to 300 million. Uh, I don't know why he's the only one that the numbers came out on, but uh, what was your reaction to hearing the great news? Elated. Yeah. I was, I was, I was, I was happy because I know Charles has been talking about, ah, I got one or two more years. I'm going to retire. You know, like <laughs> he's been on that for quite some time. He has been. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but that's why the 10 years really shocked me. Exactly. So, yeah. but I guess for Charles, he just said, but if you pay me, <laughs> yeah. which they did, it's like, oh, okay, well, I'll just do this till I'm 70. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Eh? Yeah. yeah. Uh, final score in the football game tonight, 33-14. Chicago goes to three and four, and so do the Patriots, uh, both three and four. So, um, yeah, uh, quite the shocking game. Um, I was happy, and, and broadcasting – is another way for people to make a lot of money. So uh, if anybody's watching that's got a lot of money and wants to throw it Jason and my way, uh, we will uh, sign on the dotted line. You can have, uh, you know, my firstborn. You can have blood from from my arm for, you know, I don't know what you need or what you want, but uh, I, I'll sign. Uh, you'll, get, you'll get me. I'll dedicate my life to you. And, uh, yeah, te- what was he's making about, what, $20 million a year? Yeah, I, I think. I think we could come to a really good agreement. Now, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't Brady actually have a broadcasting job that he's going to waltz right into after he's done playing? Yeah, that's worth like over three hundred million dollars. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, that guy's that guy's doing it right. <laughs> I, I think he's looking at Charles, going, "Wow, you're just getting that much, eh?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fucking great. Yeah, he's. <laughs> Uh, my contract's dwarfing yours, Charles. Ah, uh, come on. Uh, you've been doing this for how many years, and I just get to waltz in and make more money than you. Uh, he's gonna, he's gonna chirp him hard, isn't he? Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know that's gonna happen. You know that's coming. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, um, let's get into some of the top performers of the week. I wanna, I'm gonna pick a hero of the week. I'm gonna throw out a bunch of examples of guys that had. Amazing day yesterday on the gridiron, uh, and and you you decide who you want to go with. Uh, okay. I'll give you uh, yeah, I'll give you about four or five examples here. Uh, Josh Jacobs, 
absolutely phenomenal day for the Raiders yesterday in their 38 to 20 win over the Texans. Uh, he had 143 yards on the ground, three touchdowns and three catches through the air for another dozen yards. Uh, man, he's, he's awesome when he's on what a day, uh, McCole Hardman. Uh, he also had three touchdowns, uh, two for 28 on the ground with two touchdowns, uh, four for 32 through the air, uh, with another touchdown in the huge win by the Casey chiefs, 44, 23 over the Niners, uh, Patrick Mahomes is throwing him the ball. Uh, he had 423 yards through the air, three touchdowns. Uh, never rushed the ball even once, uh, but uh, five and two Chiefs looking great. Uh, this is a rookie, uh, third stringer for the Seattle Seahawks, Kenneth Walker the third. Um, he had a another phenomenal day. Uh, 168 yards on the ground, couple touchdowns as the Seahawks are in first place in the NFC West. Shockingly, shockingly, shockingly in first place in the NFC West. Um, and then I'm going to give one more uh, guy, honorable mention, Joe Burrow, uh, engineered a 35-17 win over the Falcons, 481 yards passing, three touchdowns, he ran also three times for 20 yards and another touchdown and uh, hit his two favorite targets eight times each, Tyler Boyd and Jamar Chase. 155 yards for Tyler with a touchdown, and Jamar had 130 with two touchdowns, and that team is starting to look like a juggernaut. So um, what do you have a guy out of that list that you think uh, should be the hero of the week in the NFL? I'm going with the dark horse. I'll go with Burrow because yeah. like, like, cause like, I was, I was like, when I, when I saw his stats, I'm like, man almost threw for 500 yards. <laughs> yeah. And on top of that, like his receivers seemed like they were just running uncovered. Just like, Oh, I'm open. We're all open. After any one of us. Yeah. Yeah. He's got, he's got so much weapons there and they all had amazing days. Uh, even, cool. Even uh, Mixon had a great game. Uh, T. Higgins had a good game. Uh, you know those guys. Uh, yeah, they're it's a juggernaut right now. Oh yeah, no, they're 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 they were looking fantastic. They were looking great, and uh, they kept Burrow upright. Yeah. Most importantly, the offensive line did their job. And yeah, man, he was he was in on four touchdowns. Yeah, that's a great game. Great game, um, and no turnovers as well. Yeah, I think I'm going for uh, Kenneth Walker the third. Uh, rookie, uh, unheralded, coming in, uh, had to replace Rashad Penny, who broke his leg and, and was out. Uh, a uh, retirement of their top running back going into the season. Seahawks were supposed to be horrible this year. And, uh, you know, complete dumpster fire there after Russell Wilson leaves. And uh, this team is first in their division somehow. Yeah. And I think it's amazing. And on top of that, the the quarterback that they have, Geno Smith, is having a way better season than the quarterback that just left, Russell Wilson. Yeah, yeah. Geno's uh, the most accurate quarterback in the NFL right now. He has uh, he's actually the most accurate quarterback numbers wise. And uh, everybody just dismissed him. Said you know he he couldn't uh, start anywhere else. He wasn't 
wasn't good enough. Uh, you know, this is this is going to be horrible. And and he's came in and and played awesome. He's he's been yeah very much the catalyst for this resurgence and uh, you know this great record that they have already. Yeah, yeah, no, he's he's definitely been the catalyst, and also too the the Seattle's offense has been prolific. Yeah. They can score, but unfortunately, I do want to mention that unfortunately they lost one of their stud receivers in that game. DK Metcalf left with yeah. a with a knee injury. Yeah, uh, supposedly it's not uh, super serious. Um, we saw him being carted off with the uh, on the cart, carted off. Um, but supposedly he's only going to miss a few games, uh, as what I've heard as of now. Um, he he got on the cart a couple weeks ago and and uh, asked the guy to take him to the washroom, and uh, that was a lot of people are oh what's wrong with DK? And then he comes back. I saw him get on the cart, and a couple of guys are going like, "Are you okay?" And he goes, "Oh yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right." And and actually, it seemed like he was saying it. Yeah, like I'm just going to the bathroom again, guys. But uh, <laughs> but he was really downplaying it, and so was Pete Carroll after the game. Uh, it sounds like uh, they dodged a huge bullet, and and it's not super serious. Well, yeah, they they got lucky, yeah. unlike the Chargers in that yeah. game with J.C. Jackson. Yeah, that is a very serious injury, yeah. dislocation of the knee. He's yes. out. He he's out for the season. They just announced oh, yeah. it today, and oh, yeah. uh, he he's gone for the year. That was a. Uh, a huge blow um dislocations uh you know can cause you brutal problems we're going to talk about a lot of dislocations in the ufc co-main event uh absolute travesty uh that a guy should should not have been even in there with a dislocation and uh uh yeah poor jc jackson um yeah i i feel sorry for him a huge signing by the chargers in the offseason but uh, yeah, he's gone for the year. And, um, yeah, shockingly, uh, Seahawks handled the Chargers 37-23. Um, and, uh, yeah, the uh, the Chargers are struggling, but the Seahawks are not. Uh, looking pretty good. Um, okay, we, we briefly mentioned uh, Brady and Rodgers, but let's sort of dig into these two a bit more. Uh, what do you want to start with? Do you, would you like to start with Brady? Or Rogers and what's going on with these two old men? No, I, let's, let's let's start where where it hurts the most. Let's start with little Tom Brady. He's okay. going through a lot. Yeah, you know what? He even looks like he's going through a lot. Why does his face look so gaunt and sunken in? Have you yeah. noticed that? I did notice that. Yeah, yeah, I noticed it. I noticed it actually this morning uh, when I was watching uh, some of his press conference highlights, and I thought, "Holy cow!" Like. That's yeah. weird how he it looks like he's dropped a bunch of weight in the past uh, week or two. Uh, it, it, it was really noticeable. Yeah, yeah, it's it's super noticeable. And I, I just I, I don't know what's going on there. Like I don't like I, honestly, I don't know what's going on there. Like, is, yeah. is he is he is he sick <laughs> or is he just going through a lot of stress, yeah. which is probably more to the point. That's probably the more to the point. Um, yeah. Bucks have lost four of their last five. Brady's going through a divorce, uh, according to all the uh, stupid uh, rags that we see at the supermarket. Um, <laughs> but uh, Bucks are in a lousy, lousy, lousy division. Like the NFC South is horrible. Um, they should win this division. Uh, right now, they're three and four. So are the Falcons. But 
you, you and I know your Falcons are your team, but this is a rebuild. They're, oh, yeah. they're not very good. Uh, Panthers, you know, on a rebuild, uh, a lot a blow, blew me away that they beat the Bucks, but uh, they're two and five, and the Saints are two and five. So, um, you know, I, I don't think the Bucks have to really worry because they should easily win this division, should they not? They they should, yeah. they should, and I I'd have to kind of hard to bet against Tom Brady. Like it's, it's, it just is because it's just like, well, I think he's eventually going to figure it out because he always does. He always somehow, does. some way, yeah. doesn't even matter how old he is. Doesn't matter how like, it just doesn't matter. True. The man will figure it out. And, yeah. and like I said before in this game, unfortunately his receivers didn't help him out as much as they should have. There were right. some drops. Yeah. Uh, there is a bit of controversy. Uh, we, you mentioned Mike Evans. Uh, Mike Evans, as he was exiting the field yesterday, uh, somebody yelled his name. Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. And uh, he turned back and uh, two officials came up to him, handed him something and asked for his autograph. And uh, that's a big no-no for officials. They are not supposed to ask for players' Ooh. autographs. Um and uh yeah it's caused a bit of a firestorm uh the video isn't super easy to see the whole thing you can't hear any voices but it looks like they pulled something out and both officials asked him to sign their name and uh it's uh yeah it's been a pretty big controversy today interesting that they would even attempt to do so in that in in that environment yeah, because everybody's got a recording device. Yeah, and on top of that, it's NFL. There's like a lot of cameras around and stuff. Like, like so, you would think that if they were going to do it, it would be on the down low after the game. Yeah, you know very what I mean. Weird. Yeah, very strange. Very I think uh, I think they're probably going to lose jobs over it. And uh, oh. it was a, it was a very strange uh, strange exchange that I, I I was like, holy cow! I watched the video a few times to to try to really see, and it sure. Sure does look like they asked him uh, for their for his autograph, and um, yeah, they they they're obviously not that bright, not that smart. So maybe it's good they're losing their jobs. Maybe we'll get some smarter officials in there, uh, which we all want. Yeah, of course we all want that. But yeah, it, it's just they they you, you know what the rules are, and you know if you get caught, that could cost you your job. So was it worth it? I don't I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. No. Uh, Mike Evans is great. You might as well sell his autograph for a bit of money, but it's not going to make up for a job that you could have for the next 20, 30 years. So very no. weird, very strange. Okay, so uh, I'm not too worried about the Bucs. I think Tom Brady will figure it out. And uh, uh, and this team's got a great, great defense. Right now they're struggling, but I think uh, Todd Bowles will figure it out. If they keep him around, he might get fired, but uh, we'll we'll see. Uh, what about the Packers, though? Three and four. Uh, worst start in Aaron Rodgers' career after seven games. Uh, they seem to be in really big trouble. Uh, they go to Buffalo next and oh. face the Bills. This will be the first time in uh, Aaron Rodgers' career that he will be a double-digit underdog going into a game. And uh, it could get ugly. Ugly, ugly. Uh, Bills are a juggernaut, and uh, I would bet that uh, they'll be three and five after this game. Yeah, I think they're going to get throttled. I think the Bills are just going to step on their neck and be like, 
Oh, I'm sorry. Was that the Packers? Yeah, I don't think so. It was just like some roadkill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you're right, man. It's yeah. not going to be pretty. I, I don't think. Uh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers said maybe it's good we lost uh, because uh, you know maybe it'll be a wake up call for us. But um, yeah, he said. Uh, uh, yeah, this is Bills are next. So uh, Bears won tonight, so they are three and four, and they're tied with the Packers. Uh, Lions are worst team in the NFL and they're at the bottom of the North, but uh, Vikings are having a great year. They're five and one uh, got at least a, I guess it's a, a two. Uh, it's basically a two and a half game lead, three game lead. I guess you could say over the pack cause they beat them already. So um, yeah, I think uh, the Packers uh, really better turn this around soon. Three and five after eight games, that's half a year pretty much. And um, you know, they, they got to beat out a lot of teams to get a wild card. They probably are already sort of out of the mix, maybe for that first uh, first overall in the NFC North. Yeah, yeah, they 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 yeah they have a lot of ground to cover. But the one thing that seems to be the glaring thing that's standing out to me for the Packers, it just feels that Rodgers doesn't have enough guys to pass to, enough competent high end talent, which they let walk out the door with Devontae Adams. To pass to. Like, that's what it seems. That's this limiting thing that he's got going on with him right now. Yeah. yeah. And it's really limiting the offense. Yeah, it's been tough. Yeah. He just does not have the weapons that he had. And uh, letting Adams go, uh, we all knew it was going to be a big blow. But it's really, really, really been horrible for them. Um, okay, we mentioned the – we just mentioned the south and the north in the NFC. Uh, we briefly mentioned the NFC west. Uh, Seahawks are leading four and three. Rams are three and three, Niners three and four, and also the Cards three and four. Um, what's going on with this division? Everybody said this was going to be the best division in the NFC, and it was just going to dominate like crazy. And uh, that's the East this year. Uh, this I don't know what's happening with this West. Defending Super Bowl champions three and three, not looking great. Uh, Cardinals had a big win uh, over the you know on on Thursday, but. Um, Niners lost yesterday pretty badly. Um, could the Seahawks actually pull this off and win this division? I think they could. I think they could. I, they, they have a decent shot because nobody would have ever thought that they would be in this position in the first place. No. And Gino Smith has been, as you just said, he's one of the, he is the most accurate passer in the NFL right now. He's having a stellar year. So if he can just continue doing what he's doing right now, he's going to give Seattle a real shot. Yeah, I like finishing at, the, finishing at the top of the division. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Uh, I think everybody's pretty shocked by this, and um, yeah, hopefully, it's nice to nice to have a winner uh, close by, two hours away, and um, you know, we get a lot of American channels from Seattle, and and they seem to be happy as heck. Uh, had a resurgence year with the Mariners. Uh, there's lots of rumors now that um, they there might be a uh, expansion going into Seattle. Uh, they've got the crack in there, got the nice new building, have a tenant there. Uh, there was games in Seattle, which were super widely attended this offseason. Uh, they just kept chanting, Sonics, Sonics, Sonics. Um, there's a lot of rumors that Vegas and Seattle are next up on the expansion plans uh, for the NBA. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, – Seattle's uh, having a great time. Uh, Russell Wilson gone. Russell who? Uh, yeah, he's he's out of there, and uh, they're still doing good. So nice to see. Really nice to see. Um, NFC East. 
the NFC beast, I called it last week. Uh, Eagles are still the only undefeated team in the league. They had a bye, so uh, they would keep able to keep it there. But uh, their next uh, three opponents are easy peasy. It looks like to me they could be 9-10-0 going into their first real test. Uh, Giants. Giants, 6-1. and one. First time since 2008 they've been up there. Uh, first time that they've been sort of even this highly regarded since Eli Manning left. And um, the Cowboys 5-2. and two. Commanders had a win. Uh, this is a great division. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And and I, I, you know what? I'm just happy. I'm happy for the Giants. But more importantly, I'm happy for Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Because that right dude. Here, yeah. Comeback of the to... year for sure. He's probably yeah. got comeback of the year wrapped up already, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. I, I would say so because everybody was kind of down on him. They were dogging him out. Said that, you know, you maybe he doesn't have it anymore. He's come out this this season so far and said, oh, no, no, I clearly still have it. Yeah. I'm clearly still one of the top running backs still. Yeah. And, he, and he's been a workhorse so far for them, so so far this season. 24 carries, 110 yards, four receptions, 25 yards. And then also, too, got to go with uh, with Jones, quarterback, 19 wow. to 30, 202 yards, one touchdown. Then 11 carries for 107 yards Yeah, and one touchdown. Yeah. Great yeah, running. He's, he's a great weapon when he gets out in space. Uh, he can get, uh, yeah, a lot of yardage. And, and both of them over 100 yards, pretty great. They had 236 yards on the ground, and that's going to win almost all the games. If you, you can keep hold of the ball, you're not turning it over, and you can get, you know, over 200 yards rushing. That's a really good recipe for a win. Oh, yeah, and it's a great recipe. And on top of that, they don't just win with their offense. It was their defense that held. Yeah, geez. Christian Kirk uh, inside right the one uh, with seconds yeah. remaining. Uh, they were able to uh, hold him up, and then the whole defense came and brought made, brought him down to get the win. That was massive. That was huge. It was huge. Great win by the Giants. Yeah, that was incredible. I, I, I loved watching that. Uh, they've won four in a row, um, and all, almost all of them have been in comeback fashion. Uh, that's fifth game-winning drive engineered by Daniel Jones. And, um, yeah, they take on Seattle uh, this Saturday. That will be great. Uh, Jags look pretty good, but uh, they just couldn't get into that end zone. That would have uh, tied the game, and, and uh, they would have kicked the extra point for victory. But uh, Giants are, um, yeah, they're, they're looking amazing, and I don't think anybody suspected they would be this good so this quick. Um we talked uh, – let's switch to the AFC. Uh, we talked about the Bills. Um, let's talk about the Jets. Uh, we just talked about their counterpart in New York, and uh, the Jets are 5-2, and two, uh, an amazing, amazing turnaround. Uh, unfortunately, they were dealt a massive blow today. Uh, their rookie sensation running back, Brees Hall, has had a, a season-ending injury and will be out – um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they can, uh, they won't be able to find somebody as good to replace him. Uh, I guess they made a, a deal today and got James Robinson, uh, from the Jags, but, um, this team has, has suddenly shocked, uh, the New York area and the NFL in general, uh, four and O away from New York. 
and uh, five and two, uh, sitting at nice and solid uh, second place in that AFC East. Yeah, and and what helped the Jets here is that they had the pleasure of playing the Broncos, who just are spiraling right now. Yeah, uh, and, and also too, oh, uh, maybe Broncos fans were happy because it's like, oh, Wilson's not playing. You saying we got a chance? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, I, I bet you there was some chirps like that out there, wasn't there? No, no. You know, you know there was. You know yeah. there was. But, but the thing that I, I think is just amazing right now is that your two New York teams are both have five wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who would uh, have ever thought that? Yeah, it's super impressive, and, and yeah, blue, blue, blowing us away. Uh, really surprising, and great to see though. Uh, I love when the New York teams are good because uh, it's such a huge city. Tons of football fans there. Uh, it's it's nice when both teams are are doing well, and it's good for the sport. So, um, I watched that Dolphins bear uh, Dolphins game last night. Um, oh, Dolphins Steelers game last night. Oh my god, that was just such a painful game to watch. Um, tough, tough, tough. Uh, I was calling it the concussion bowl. Uh, Tua was coming back from his concussion. Pickett was coming back from his concussion. Um, there was actually a lot of talk this past week uh, that Tua should retire. Uh, they said that uh, he's uh, had too many concussions in his college career, now in the NFL. Uh, two in a row there really messed him up. And um, at yeah, 24 years old, uh, people are saying he should retire. I'm glad he's not entertaining that at this moment. Uh, he was playing a little reckless, though. Um, he wasn't sliding when he should, feet first. He was actually using his head going in for some of those plays. Um, people pointed it out, and he said, yeah, yeah, maybe I should uh, change my ways a little bit. But uh, the game was a dog, but good to see Tua back. Yeah, good to see Tua back and and triumphant, even as bad as the game was. He still won the game, so that was good. But the, the, the talk about him retiring already, like, let, let's be – okay, first off, obviously concussions are serious. We all know that. We all know that's a thing. But also, too, he's still kind of in the beginning of his career here. Yeah. So, you know, let, let's let's give the young man some time here. Um, obviously, if things progress to a, a, to a stage where it's not good, right. obviously that's something he would need to consider. But I don't think he's even close to being there. Yeah. Person, hope not. Yeah, yeah, that would uh, that would be tough. Um, you know, such a young guy, and and it doesn't it doesn't seem right. Uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully he can stay healthy. No more concussions, and uh, we just put this to bed. But uh, I was shocked to hear how many people were asking for it. I guess his his family, his um, yeah, his his immediate sort of people that are around him were you know telling him that maybe it's time. But uh, I I hope not. I, I sure hope not. Um, okay, uh, <clears throat> we uh, we talked a little bit about the AFC West. Uh, do you want to get into um, a little bit more of uh, what's happening there? The Chiefs are, are leading the division, had a huge, huge, massive win. I talked about some of the key people uh, in that um, Hero of the Week segment, but uh, yeah, they're, they're looking like world beaters and, and one of the teams to beat in that AFC again. Of course they are. Like they're they're the the Chiefs and the Bills. Like those are the cream of the crop in the NFL right now. And yeah. Mahomes is the leader of that crew. Uh, like it's it's just every every week 
He's just like, ah. It's it's funny to me because he loses probably one of the best receivers in the game in Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, yeah. And then doesn't miss a step. No. Like he, like he literally doesn't miss a step. He's like, well, okay, well, just we'll just get some other guys in and then I'll pass through the football and we'll be all right. That's how <laughs> yeah. it's gonna be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it's it's amazing that he can he can just slot in a new guy. McCole Hardman had a absolutely phenomenal game and uh, yeah, and uh young guy who's uh, yeah i guess just waiting for a chance and and uh he he capitalized on that opportunity obviously didn't he no he most certainly did and then also too smith schuster had a great game too as well seven receptions 124 yards and a touchdown valdez scantling three receptions 111 yards yeah well he's yeah. I, hey uh, mahomes is able to do it a number of different ways but the one way that he's always going to do it is going to win the game. Yeah. And he's going to win, right? But, but I, I got to tell you, though, I loved the 49ers going out and getting McCaffrey. That to was get massive, a, a weapon of yeah. that caliber to yeah. go along with Debo Samuel, Wilson, and uh, George Kittle. Dude, that, that, that's a potent, potent, dangerous yeah. offense. Yeah, well, Jimmy G must have been super thrilled because, um, you know, there was so much talk about him going out of town and then he finally gets a chance after the first week and Trey Lance going down. And then now he gets another weapon like this. If McCaffrey can stay healthy, I think in Carolina, they overused him, and uh, he was, you know, one of the only real super big weapons they had there the last couple seasons. And, uh, you know, he, he had injury troubles, but when you're giving the guy the ball 30 times a game, uh, you're running the risk of having him injured. Uh, I think now that he's got so many, guys around him i think he can really show his stuff because you know there there are guys that can also take some of those touches away yeah exactly and uh you, you know what i think that's gonna help him with his uh durability during the season yeah. because he's just not gonna have to take that pounding because he's the guy yeah now now you have plenty of other guys that can be the guy like Kilo ayuk devo like you have all of these other players awesome. that are just awesome yeah Fantastic yeah play. they they actually have just stepped up their offense to be one of the most dynamic offenses in the whole league oh yeah oh yeah for sure by adding that guy yeah. most definitely like yeah. yeah and and you know depending on how how it all shakes out for going forward for the next season Trey Lance is either their quarterback or they get a quarterback my goodness that 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 they're they're set up they're yeah. set up well yeah, um, that was that was so big. Uh, they gave up a king's ransom for him. They gave up four draft picks, and and uh, yeah, it was a lot. But um, yeah, if you want to win now, uh, that was a, a huge move. One of the biggest weapons in, in the league. So um, yeah, good on him. I I love seeing trades like that, and and uh, yeah, this this was exciting and and great for for the Niners fans and and all those uh, yeah all those fans that. Uh, are surrounding them um okay uh let's just touch briefly into the afc north uh ravens had a nice win over the browns uh so they could uh stay up at the top of the division with the Bengals, uh both four and three and uh, mentioned the steelers and the browns both two and five uh having an off year for sure um gus edwards had a really phenomenal game for the ravens and lamar jackson uh, wasn't utilized uh, very much uh, through the year, had another 10 carries, 60 yards, easy enough. Uh, Gus Edwards looked good. And, um, yeah, th this wasn't a um, 
a big offensive explosion, but uh, Baltimore's defense held the Browns in check and got the nice 23-20 win. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I think the, the the turning point in the game was when Brissett got stripped in the third quarter. And then uh, the Ravens managed to make that into a score. And then that's, that's, that's when they kind of took control of the game right there and then. But my favorite running back, one of my favorite running backs, Nick Chubb. Once again, 16 carries, 91 yards, and a touchdown. I love that guy. Yeah, got, he's he's a great running back, man. Oh man, is he ever good? Yeah, yeah. They they've got the super solid, amazing guy, and him. And uh, yeah, as long as he can stay healthy, he'll be uh, you know a really big weapon for years to come. Uh, as I mentioned uh, earlier, um, that AFC South battle between the Titans and the Colts was the only game where two teams over five hundred were facing each other. Uh, Titans took control of the division with a victory over the Colts and um, the, the Colts. Uh, yeah. Three, three and one, everybody else way down uh, that division, you know, was talked about as being really rough. Titans should run away with this now. And uh, they were the best team in the AFC last year. Um, I think they're going to be able to finally pull this together now. And the sky's the limit. Yeah. Um, and as long as uh, you got the, guy in the backfield Derrick Henry doing 30 carries for 128 yards as long as he's getting his touches and he's getting his numbers uh, I think the Titans are going to be fine yeah. they're going to be fine but now also too I believe uh Ryan I think he might be out for the season with a separation of the shoulder so yeah I I don't think he's out for the season but uh, they said uh, they said he's he's benched yeah they said yeah. he's um He's not going to be uh, yeah, their number one quarterback. Uh, he threw a couple picks that um, really turned this game around, and and uh, I guess they they've decided they're going to go with the young guy. And uh, he uh, yeah, I don't I, I don't think this shoulder separation was uh, too bad. I think he's uh, able to um, come back in a few weeks, but uh, he'll be riding the pine for the next little while. Um, I don't I don't see this team doing very great things this year so it's going to be a struggle there oh yeah it's 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 yeah yeah the the, the team is not great and uh you know what matt ryan's on his last legs anyway so yeah. yeah um i mentioned uh about the raiders uh possibly being purchased uh a minority stake with magic johnson six and a half billion valuation on that um some of the other teams that uh, were uh, purchased recently were the Broncos. Uh, August 9th, they were bought for $4.65 billion. Uh, the Panthers were bought by David Tepper for $2.3 billion. And um, in the world of baseball, Steve Cohen bought the Mets $2.4 billion. But we're talking about a huge, huge step up to see the Ra uh, Las Vegas Raiders being valued at six and a half billion dollars now uh that was just that went from 4.65 to six and a half that's a huge 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 leap yeah it's, it's a massive leap it's a massive leap um I, I think obviously part of it has to do with location where the the, the raiders are now in vegas right. and also too that arena is probably one of the best arenas in the nfl yeah huge move okay. um there was a lot of um I know Magic Johnson had tried for many years when he played with the Lakers to try to get uh, the Raiders to come to L.A. and and be their L.A. team. Uh, there was talk about when 
they they were going to move from Oakland again, possibly be them being that LA team. Uh, the, the Rams came in, the Chargers came in. Suddenly, it was like, oh, now where do we go? Uh, Vegas uh, opened their uh, pocketbooks and uh, their arms and uh, built one of the most beautiful state-of-the-art stadiums. And and it's sure been a great move for the Davis family and everyone involved in that organization. No, oh, yeah, well, obviously it was a great move. Look at their look at how much the team is worth. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, amazing. So. Um, love it, love it, love it. Uh, yeah, that was good. Uh, nice uh, flip around the NFL and covered week seven, uh, week eight ahead. Uh, we're pretty much halfway through the year after um, after next week. So, um, can you believe it's uh, already halfway through the season? It, it, it happens so fast, doesn't yeah. it? It happens so fast, crazy. And it's great, yeah. It's amazing. Okay, let's uh, let's turn to the UFC. We had a uh, UFC 280 from Abu Dhabi, the United Arab Emirates. Um, incredible stacked card that um, had all the makings of card of the year. We had a couple of title fights and um, a lot of highly anticipated matchups. Um, this was the 26th consecutive sellout for the UFC. 13,400 people fit in there. And they jammed them in. Uh, I love pay-per-views. Uh, so much more in the Apex. I'm sick of the Apex. No atmosphere, especially the one with Mark Zuckerberg in there. It was like, what the hell are you doing? Uh, we got Vegas 63 coming up this weekend. Uh, I can't believe that but they've had 63 in there since this pandemic started. Um, this is um, yeah, th- this is great to have a, a big, big, big crowd. I couldn't believe hearing the cheers and the boos. Um, it, it's amazing. Uh, it, it just adds so much to an event when you got a full stacked house like that. Of course, like, and that, that's what uh, we've all missed. Yeah. Fans, fans cheering, cheering yeah. for your fighters, just enjoying the ambiance and the atmosphere. It makes everything better. Yeah. Everything is better when you have fans. Um, I've been critical of a lot of the Russian athletes. I've been critical of the Russian Federation and all the what they've done to Ukraine and a lot of the things that they've done in their history. Uh, not still not really on board with a lot of the uh, Russian athletes thinking that uh, it doesn't. I don't really want tons of glory being put on anything Russian these days. But uh, you got to give your props. To Islam Makachev, he uh, won the belt. Uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov said, uh, this is the guy that's taking the belt once I've, I'm done. And uh, AKA has that champion again. He went in there and dispatched uh, the greatest finisher in the UFC history. He beat him, beat him handily, and now holds the belt. And this could be a really, really long reign for, for this guy. Yeah. I, I I I completely agree with you because the one the one the one area where I thought Oliveira could possibly have had an advantage, which was to stand up in the striking, he did not. No, I got all. It, it no. wasn't it wasn't actually close because Makachev hurt him numerous times in that fight, knocked him down in the first, mm. knocked him down in the second, which led to him winning the fight. Like it was, I was a little bit shocked to see just how handily he handled one of the best lightweights 
we've ever seen. Yeah. Oliveira is a future Hall of Famer and has been, you know, fighting all these amazing killers. Uh, Makachev's uh, resume wasn't uh, the same as Oliveira's. Uh, you thought Oliveira, you know, would be dominant if this fight kept standing. Makachev would go for the takedowns. Um, it would be, you know, Sambo against Jiu-Jitsu, and we were going to see, you know, what would be the dominant uh, martial art. But um, Makachev, uh, yeah, his stand-up has improved leaps and bounds, and he was the better stand-up fighter in this one. And uh, that second knockdown led to him jumping on, securing that triangle choke really quick. Once he cleared cleared himself to the one side, super quick tap by Oliveira, and uh, yeah, we got a new champion. Um, immediately, Khabib jumps in there and was saying, I told you, I told you. And then he was, uh, now we want Volkanovsky next. Uh, luckily, Volkanovsky was there, comes into the cage. Uh, they got to really look at each other face to face and say, uh, you're next. And both of them agreed. I guess we're having it in Perth, Australia in February, UFC 284. Uh, right now, Volkanovsky is the number one pound-for-pound pound fighter in the UFC. Uh, Makachev might hold, uh, be able to get that number two uh, when the rankings come out tomorrow. And uh, wow, like immediately we've got even more of an exciting fight to 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 watch and witness. Yeah, yeah. I, I did like how they set that up, though. <laughs> you guys, it's just like, Norma Gmetov is just like, no, no, I've been working it behind the scenes. This is what's going to happen as soon as you win. Yeah, yeah, no <laughs> and kidding. I, I, yeah. And by the way, I love that fight. Yeah. I, I think that's definitely the fight to make because yeah. Volkanovski has pretty much cleared out his division. There's nobody else left for him to fight, so this makes sense. Yeah, this is phenomenal. This is incredible, and uh, this will be uh, super, super fun to watch. Um, yeah, this this has been uh, a dream of Khabib's uh, once he retired a couple of years ago. He said, you know, this is my guy. Uh, this is the guy that I want to coach and uh, become champion. Uh, it took a little bit. Um, he had some opportunities. Uh, the fights fell off in, in the meantime. But, um, yeah, this was a super impressive performance. And AKA was uh, the number one uh, fight camp for a long time. They had champions, Daniel Cormier. They had uh, Luke Rockhold, Cain Velasquez. They've they've had a, a ton of good guys. BJ Penn was there as a champion. Um, they they've had a ton of really really top fighters, and uh, now they got a champion again after all these other guys are retired and, and moved on. And uh, this yeah this was huge for them. Uh, they must be just super excited to finally get a belt back hanging in uh, in AKA. Yeah, they're they're super excited, and I think they're even more excited by the fact that. That belt's probably going to be around for quite some time. Yeah. Cuz uh he is that good and it's any 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 contender coming up to fight him, it's going to be hard pressed to beat that guy. Yeah. Hard pressed. So, um Jovanovski was told to um be at that uh, 155 weight uh because he would be a replacement if one of the guys fell off. Uh so he has bulked himself up to that weight. Um, Makachev was yelling out, you little shrimp, uh, you short guy, uh, come in here, I'll kick your ass. Uh, when they did face off each other, there wasn't as much of a height difference as I expected. 
And yeah, uh, yeah I I kind of was uh, thinking uh, this Jovanovski might be biting off uh, more than he can chew, stepping up in a weight. We've seen others like Adesanya wasn't able to step up and wait and win. Uh, do you, how do you see this fight going uh, with one having to come up and the other uh, defending this belt? Well, for Volkanovski, I think him putting on weight is not going to be a problem for him because like he has been heavier before. Right. And so with him putting on the extra weight, I think he can put it on and I think it's going to look good on him. Like I think he'll fit the division if he needs to put on that extra weight. Yeah. Um, now, the only thing that Volkanovski is going to have to be super aware of once he fights Islam Makachev is his grappling. Yeah. That, gra- that guy's grappling is on a completely different level than anything he's ever seen yeah. or fought against. Yeah. He has to know that. And so he better become prepared with like his takedown defense and his grappling skills yeah. because they're going to be sorely tested in that fight. Yeah. It's going to be, uh, yeah, it's going to be pretty incredible. And um, yeah, I, I I'm, I'm excited. Uh, it's great that they already know February is this, this matchup. Uh, they've got a lot of time to train for each other. And um, yeah, I think this could be, uh, you know, right away fight of the fight of the year, uh, you know, second month of 2023. And, and um yeah it was it was awesome uh i was i feel a little bit sad for charles charles Oliveira, but i think he's gonna bounce back and um what's next for him uh where, where do you think he he uh who do who do you think he gets matched up with and where will who will he fight well i i think now that uh now that the loss has happened i think he's gonna he's he's gonna hang around in the top five he's gonna be ha- hanging around fighting top five guys uh, until he gets a certain number of wins to possibly, you know, challenge the champ again, but it's not going to be anytime soon. Yeah. Um, there was talk that uh, Benil Daryush, uh, who also fought on this card, we'll talk about in a couple of minutes. Um, he could be his next opponent. Uh, there was a lot of talk between um, Oliveira's camp and McGregor's camp over the last uh, year, and Conor McGregor could be in the mix. Uh, but Dana White, uh, in his post-fight uh, conference, said that uh, Conor McGregor still isn't uh, getting tested by USADA, and uh, that typically means that uh, until he f- gets his first test, it's six months of testing before you're allowed to be back in the mix. Uh, there has been have been a few exceptions. Brock Lesnar had a, a an exception given to him for UFC 200, um, and uh, they say that he definitely has to have two negative tests uh, from USADA before they would even consider uh, scheduling a fight for him. Um, so right now it looks like Connor won't be available to fight until at least April. Okay, well that that's 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 still a, that's quite a ways away. And also too, I believe in that in that same in that same interview. Didn't Dana White say, I'm not actually even sure why he's not being tested right now? Yeah. He he was completely unclear of that, which is mm-hmm. kind of concerning since, you know, you're the boss. Very you weird. Yeah. Stuff like that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's the only fighter that's currently on the UFC roster that hasn't been tested this year. Um, from pictures that I've seen that he's posted, um, I think he's been doing steroids. I think straight <laughs> out he's been doing steroids. And he doesn't want to, you know, get found out. He's bulking up. He's going to, you know, 
make some tests himself, make sure it's out of his system, and then say, okay, here you go. I'll, I'll give you my pee. Here you go. But uh, have you seen that he's more jacked than he ever has been in his entire life? And I, I don't think it was from the gym, especially when you only got one leg. <laughs> well, he, he looks pretty dieseled. Yeah, yeah, lately. Like, uh, no. he's looking quite uh, muscular and puffy. Uh, I don't know what he's been doing, but it looks like he's been lifting a lot of weights lately. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah it's pretty suspicious to me. Very weird that uh, he's the only fighter not getting tested. Looks incredibly jacked. And, yeah. uh, yeah, he, uh, is suddenly for some reason, uh, back in the mix possibly, but, um, yeah, he better, uh, he better start getting back in there. I think Henry Cejudo has been getting tested and trying to, um, you know, get back in the mix, but, uh, yeah, for some reason, Connor's not, not doing it. Um, outside the cage, um, Khabib got into a little bit of a, uh, kerfuffle, uh, Khabib's cousin, actually got punched by Kamzat Chemaev and uh, he ended up returning some punches and they had a big dust up uh, right outside the cage. Uh, Dana White said, what, what are we talking about here? Uh, a fight. Uh, that's what we do. That's our business. That's what we do. Uh, fights happen. This is 800 alpha males and females uh, coming in, fighting each other. I, I'm not shocked. It's, it's a bit of a dust up, no big deal, but uh, I think, uh, Khabib's camp is pretty pissed and pretty upset about Kamzad and and uh, his shenanigans outside the cage that night. Well, yeah, like like I understand what Kazmat is trying to do. He's trying to make himself relevant in right. any way, shape, or form. It doesn't matter if it's uh, if it's positive or negative. I don't right. think for him anymore. I think he's. I think to a certain extent, he's trying to follow the Conor McGregor like roadmap. Yeah. Of how to do things, how right. to get noticed, and how to get paid. Could be. Yeah. And yeah. and and for the most part, you know what? Yeah. It's it's working. Yeah. It's working. it's working. Unfortunately, it's working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So we go from a great uh, main event, uh, really good card all around, but this coal main event, I am super pissed off. Uh oh, yeah. this was uh this was uh an absolute robbery that TJ Dillashaw would do this. Uh, keep a dislocated shoulder uh, quiet and hush-hush from everybody. He robbed us of a great fight that could have happened between Aljo and somebody else. And uh, this is this isn't wrong. Uh, TJ, he cheated uh, a couple years ago, got, got caught for steroids, got a two-year suspension, uh, owned up to it. So a lot of people were like, okay, you know, a lot of guys try to hide from these uh, steroid tests, positive steroid tests. He owned up to it like a man. I got to give him props for that. Uh, I'm going to, you know, try to push this aside. But uh, this is another big black mark on him and his team and the sport. And I, I think he should be kind of done. I don't think they ever should give him a title shot again. And no matter why he decided he would go back in, if his arm popped out that many times in training and it popped out that easily in a fight where he just gets taken down, uh, this is this was ridiculous, and it made me really, really mad. Well, it, it was ridiculous because, well, first, number one, fight should never have happened. Oh. Period. Fight should never have happened. Now, I don't know if that means that the UFC should look back on their policies to see if fighters are actually physically able to fight. Yeah. 
Yeah. That may be something they may have to address yeah, because sure. there is no way that he should have been even allowed anywhere near the octagon that night. Yeah. Not not with not with that injury because okay because it doesn't just affect the UFC and the fans that paid their hard earned money to watch a great fight. It also affects betters betting. Yeah, you know gambling yeah. sites. Yeah, like no, that, I... and that that is not good. No. That is most certainly not good. So. I, I I don't know what what T.J. Dillashaw's financial like uh, his his situation is. Maybe he needed the money. I don't know. But the thing that I'm looking at, like looking forward for him, if you pop out your shoulder in like training for a fight over 20 times, that's got to be significant damage now to that shoulder. Yeah. It's never gonna leave. Yeah, it's always gonna be there now. Yeah. Now now to me, is it worth it? Was it worth it? To go and do that and have this damage that's going to be there now for the rest of your fighting career. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean that that could be permanent damage to his shoulder. He might not ever be able to hold up his kid, his grandkid. He might be, you know, never be able to, you know, fight again if it's if it's popping out that often. Uh, it probably got more damaged every single solitary time it was oh. dislocated and and uh, you know there only. It's, Surgery can only fix things to a certain degree if you've yeah. damaged it and damaged it and damaged it over months and months and months and, and made it worse. Um, yeah, this could be, uh, you know, life-threatening, career-threatening, really, really, really bad. Uh, th this, this really shines a really black mark on the UFC's athletic commission. Uh, you know, they, they, they try to make sure the guy's at a certain weight, but they got to make sure that he's healthy enough to fight. Like, they should be able to, uh, you know, do some tests and make sure that the guy's physically capable of going in and defending himself and being able to fight. Uh, this this was not done at all, and it, it it really needs to change because we we can't see this again. No, we can never see this again, like ever. And also too, like for if I if I'm if I'm TJ Dillashaw, in what world do I think I can win this fight? Like and. How could I possibly even consider how I could win this fight? I'm just going to go in there literally to collect a paycheck. Yeah. You can't win. Yeah. You're not going to beat the champion with one arm. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. You ain't that good. Yeah. Nobody is. Well, I, I think it, a lot of it stems from him being suspended for two years, not collecting a paycheck for that long. Um, you know, he gets scheduled for a fight and he's like, oh, finally, I'm going to be able to get some money. Uh, I don't think anybody that's listening, anybody that's watching this podcast could go without uh, money for two years and be able mm -hmm. to survive. Uh, so, you know, they, they, I think the UFC uh, has to, you know, see that kind of a scenario and think, OK, uh, you know, can we uh, get the guy some money? Can we get the guy some sponsorship? Can we get something to tide him over so he's not you know risking his health and you know really pissing off a lot of people like people pay good money to be on the pay-per-view people pay good money to be there in the arena uh, like you say the gambling aspect uh, there's a lot of money that's shelled out by people to to see a healthy fighter go in and give his best account and, and he's you know he's got a, an arm that will not stay in its socket he shouldn't be in there and and, uh, you know, the UFC it really looks bad on this, I think. 
No, no, I, I think it looks horrible. Like it's just, it's just horrible. You know, like here I am, I'm watching this fight, and I'm just like, what's wrong with his shoulder? And it's like, oh, his shoulders out. I'm like, well, then this fight is over. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like it was for me, it was pretty much immediate. It's like yeah. shoulder popped out, fight's over. He's just gonna get beaten up now. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah, that's what happened. Um, I, I don't fault all Joe at all. He did, did what no. he did. He probably was gonna win. He looked like the bigger guy. He caught that kick, took that, got that takedown. Was you know definitely in a in a positive position and and really was gonna win this fight from from what I saw, even even with two two solid arms. But uh, yeah, I felt feel bad for him that he wasn't able to you know showcase uh, his complete arsenal and all the work that he put in. Uh, you know, very long training camp and um, but yeah, still the champion. Uh, he's won, you know, 13 straight. Uh, he's, uh, he's got Dillashaw tied. Uh, there was a fight that he had against, um, I think it was against Vera where they made it a catch weight fight right at the same week. And so that's not counted as his, uh, streak, but, um, Aljo's dominant after he beat Peter Yan, uh, able to beat him on a second time, get this win, uh, super impressive from him. Uh, lots of talk about now. Who does he fight? Uh, who do you think he should fight? And uh, what would you like to see? <laughs> uh, uh, I don't really want to say this. You know what? Heck, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to say it. Even though we're going to get to this fight later. Because I don't I don't believe he won the fight. Right. But right. Right. he could fight O'Malley. Yeah. Yes, he could. Yeah. That's probably where the money is. It's probably, yeah. you know, where the money is. And uh, O'Malley doesn't deserve this shot because nope. he didn't win this fight against Peter Jan. Uh, for some reason, two judges and nobody else saw it that way. Uh, how does this happen so often? Another thing about the UFC that's really annoying, where two guys can see a fight that's different from millions of other people. <laughs> uh, you know, they're supposed to be the experts. Uh, certification, and they're in there really close to the action, and they're the only two that can see it that way. Uh, it seems bizarre. It seems crazy. Well, yeah. Okay. First off, that third round, Jan won that third round. Yeah. He won that third round, and he won it from his uh, grappling, top control, all of that. Like That's how Jan won that round. Yeah. It was close, but he won it from those positions that he dominated in that third round. Totally, but yeah. yet, two of the judges saw it that, no, Mally clearly won that. What are you talking about? Yeah, I don't, I, did, I did not see, I'm not seeing what you're seeing. I'm yeah. clearly not seeing what you're seeing. Yeah, uh, it was it was a good fight. Uh, O'Malley, fight did, O'Malley did a lot better than I expected against Yon. Oh, yeah. I thought uh, this was, you know, this was the 11th ranked fighter against the number one ranked fighter. Uh, this did not. This looked like a mismatch to me, and and I didn't think uh, you know he would fare as well as he did. Uh, the rounds were you know razor thin. Uh, the first round was close. Third round was close. I think Jan definitely had that second round, but um, o- O'Malley gets this decision, and uh, it, this was weird. This was weird. Even he looked super shocked by it. Well, yeah, yeah, as he should, because he's like, I don't think I did enough to win that third round. But in the first round, I will say this. I was impressed with O'Malley. Yeah. He hurt Jan. 
Yeah. He hurt like they they well they actually ended up hurting each other, but he hurt Jan. Yeah. In his and in, in the striking and and he hurt him throughout the course of that fight too. I was impressed with that. Yeah. I was impressed with the fact that he was able to do that number one, and that he didn't look out of place. He competed yeah. with Peter Jan. Yeah, that was surprising and uh, good on him. Uh, you know, I, I thought, hey, at the end of it, I thought, hey, good show, O'Malley. You know, he he didn't. Uh, you you came in, you weren't supposed to win. You 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 had a really good showing, good on you. But you know, yeah, you lost. And then when they they said the decision was for him, a split decision. Uh, man, I I was pretty damn shocked and, and not happy. And and poor Peter Yan, uh, he he throws an, an illegal knee. And loses his belt, uh, loses three out of the last fours, completely robbed. And uh, where does he go from here? This is uh, this is horrible. It's crazy how you can go from the penthouse to the outhouse uh, so quickly. And uh, this is this is a robbery for him. A robbery. No, it it is it is. I I look at Peter Jan. His 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 situation is kind of the same as Oliveras. He's now just going to circle in that top five now. And that's where he's going to be for a little bit. Anyways, he's probably going to have to win two to three to maybe even four more fights before right. he can actually even get a whiff of fighting the champ again. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was, I was pretty mad also, you know, two fights in a row made me mad and uh, yeah, it shouldn't be that way. We should be, uh, you know, happy, uh, you know, with the results, but uh, Dillashaw was, you know, terrible even being there. And uh, those refs, I don't know. I hope I don't see those guys again because that was that was wrong. That was that was not the decision that should have been. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, but O'Malley and and Aljamain, I see it happening. I see it being the the fight that probably a lot of people want to see. Uh, Aljo, you know, should be a massive favorite in it. And yeah, uh, yeah I hope maybe O'Malley can in the you know ensuing months can. Uh, Look at the things he did wrong against Jan and uh, figure out figure it out. But um, yeah, I I don't give him uh, much of a chance against Aljamain. I really don't. No, especially when Aljamain is just probably going to he's going to do a grappling centric attack on him, and O'Malley's not strong there. No. Just he, he is not. So, and I I believe Aljamain is a better grappler than Peter Jan. Yeah, and so it's it's. Yeah, yeah. O'Malley better be fully prepared if that fight does happen. Better be fully prepared for that because it's it's going to be a long one for him. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, okay. The fight right before that was a lightweight battle between Benil Dariush and Mateus Gamrot. Uh, Dariush looked phenomenal. Uh, there's a lot of talk that Dariush and uh, Olivero will fight next. Uh, that was that was an impressive impressive performance. And um, yeah, I I'm blown away by Darius and how how good he's looking. No, oh, yeah, no, he looked fantastic. Um, where he where he won this fight was in the grappling contest because Gamrot is uh, excellent, high level, high level grappler, and he was able to uh, incorporate his takedown defense. He was able to counter his grappling and then get his strikes off as well. Uh, that's where Darius won this fight. And he looked really, really good doing it. Yeah. Really good. Possibly the best I've seen him. Yeah, I think it was the best. He's uh, he's only getting better. Uh, that's eight wins in a row. Uh, there's only two guys in the division that have more wins in a row than him. And it was uh, 
Makachev has nine. Uh, oh, actually, Oliveira's done now. He had an 11 fight win streak, and uh, now he's done. So Dariush um, deserves to be right up there. Uh, really impressive performance. And, and um, yeah, uh, he took a big risk fighting the lower ranked guy in this one. And um, yeah, was able to show that yeah that there's the rankings were right and uh, he deserves to be right up there in the top five. Yeah, no, he definitely deserves to be there. And uh, if they do make that fight with Oliveira, a great fight. Yeah, a great fight. Yeah, um, I hate to say this, but I'm going to. Uh, I'm really frustrated with women's fighting in the UFC right now. Uh, I'm finding myself bored as hell i'm finding myself angry that um they you know these some of these women that are supposed to be the top of their division uh this this fight on the main card between caitlin chukagian and manuel Firio, uh this was it was it was terrible it was bad they they were so inaccurate i i couldn't even believe it and these are supposed to be two of the uh top fighters in this weight class in this division uh they they could barely even hit each other. It was it was terrible uh, display of mixed martial arts, and and I'm not sure that I can subject myself to much more of this because this is getting this is getting really bad. It's it's putting a black mark on the sport, and these should be super accurate, amazing fighters, and they were not. They this this looked horrible to me. That was the thing that stuck out to me the most was the fact that they couldn't seem to connect with one another. No. None of their strikes seem to land. They seem to just miss more than they were landing. Way and, more. I, I, Way more. and as I'm watching the fight, I'm like, okay, what's going on here? They can't hit each other? <laughs> yeah. that, that's literally what the fight looked like. That yeah. They couldn't hit each other. No. And I, as I'm watching the fight, I'm like, I, I'm, I agreed with you. I, I grew more and more disinterested as the fight wore on. Yeah. Until eventually, I would just wasn't watching it anymore. So I, just... I don't. I do not watch this sport for shadow boxing. I watch it for you know fighters that can connect with each other and you know attempt to rock the other fighter to win, not go for decisions. There was way too many decisions on this card, and this one, you know, there was no way it was going to be finished because they weren't hitting each other. They were hitting each other one out of every four, five, six strikes, and I just could not believe it because I was so excited and waiting for Makachev Oliveira, who are two of the most accurate strikers in the game. And this is what I want to see. This is a main card. They they have to have fighters on a main card that can actually connect with each other. Like uh we got the number one against number six in the division and and they were uh I don't know if this was an off night or what the hell was going on but uh man it was it was really 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 tough to watch and uh you know yeah it gets me a chance to go to the washroom go get some food go do something else uh you know in, in, until you can put on women that can really display mixed martial arts in a better way i, I i'm tuning out I, i'm not going to be there you, you put these fights on the card see you later I, i'm gone i'm going to go get some drinks i'm gonna use the washroom I, i'm I'm out I, i'm just i'm out sorry this is it yeah well it, that was not the greatest display of mixed martial arts whatsoever um fiero managed to win but at the end of the day for myself i was like well i guess somebody had to win 
that's the way I felt about that fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, the feature fight on the prelims was awesome. Uh, Bilal Muhammad came in, uh, really took a risk fighting an undefeated fighter in Sean Brady, who looks like a killer, tattooed head to toe, super, super athletic looking, tough as nails. And Bilal Muhammad uh, put on an amazing display. He got 50K, uh, one of the performance bonuses, and uh, took a big risk, uh, as I mentioned about Dariush. Uh, number five against number eight, undefeated fighter. Nobody's ever uh, been able to crack the nut of Sean Brady and, and Bilal Muhammad. Wow, what a what an amazing, amazing performance. Yeah, no, I, I, was, I was impressed with the intelligent pressure that he put on Brady. Yeah. He was... He was crowding him the just entire fight, pushing just, him, pushing him, just pushing, pushing him, him, pushing him, and pushing him. And I and I thought that was an incredible game plan on his part to mm -hmm. always just be crowding Brady and making him uncomfortable, knowing that he's he's right there, he's right there. To Brady's credit, excellent counter striker, sure. excellent counter striker. Sure. He threw some extra uh, excellent counters, but to me, it just seemed that Bilal was more determined to get to to Brady and hurt him. Yeah. And then especially in that second round where he's the right hand started to land and it's just, and it kept landing and landing and landing yeah. Yeah. until he took him out. Yeah. He hurt uh, Brady with a big right. And then he just kept pushing him and just kept landing it over and over and over. And, and, uh, you know, finally um, Lucas Busaki stepped in and stopped it. Uh, I wanted to see a third round. So I was a little choked that uh, he didn't give him a little more time. Because uh, it was just uh, what 13 seconds left in that second round, uh, he called it. But um, yeah, amazing performance. Uh, he called out a lot of people. He called out Leon Edwards. He called out Kamzat Chemaev. And I've also heard that Gilbert Burns and him um, are a good possibility of uh, of fighting each other. Um, I think all those three would be great. Um, amazing to. Uh, take uh, the you know, take that O away from Brady and get that win. And um, I, I mentioned him to my dad. I mentioned him to Larray uh, Bilal Muhammad, and they're like, I don't know if I heard that name. I go, Well, his nickname is Remember the Name, so you should remember it. And he has a <laughs> podcast called Remember the Show, and uh, I want to put that on our subscription list and hopefully post it up on the Complete Media Network. And uh, yeah, I'm going to be a loyal. Uh, follower and listener uh this guy has really really super improved since the early stages when he came into the ufc and and now he's um one of the top guys definitely in the in the sport it's uh it's it's an amazing amazing uh progression and uh yeah th this guy's career uh is taken off and and the sky's the limit really no sky's the limit i i hope they go with what you just recommended as a fight between him and Gilbert Burns, yeah. a great fight to watch. Yeah, like that. Like I'm actually quite excited to see that. That would be the fight I want to see out of all those names that you just mentioned. Definitely. Um, okay, uh, let's blast through the rest of it. Uh, you you do you have a fight that you want to make some mention of uh, on the rest of the freedom card? Yes, I do. The Ozdemir Krylov fight. Mm, that was great because Krylov, he came back to be yeah. to win this fight. Because that first round was uh, one of my favorite first rounds. So yeah. Both guys in trouble and, and yes. uh, tough as nails. That was awesome to watch. Oh, yeah, because Ozdemir cracked Krylov. And I'm like, all right, Ozdemir's going to win. 
he's out. Krylov still manages to just just to get just to maintain his wits. Yeah, and and then he cracks him, and yeah. it was just I I, I loved it. Turned it was around. a great fight, yeah. and I love the fact that Krylov really pressured Ozdemir, knowing how dangerous that man is with any of his strikes, and he still kept coming yeah. to the point where he wore down Ozdemir. He wore him down physically. Yeah, after Ozdemir had him in trouble so early, you thought, wow, this is his night. But uh, Krylov just came back and took it to him and and beat him really good. I, I was, I, I'm really impressed with Krylov. And and uh, I think they're going to switch rankings. Uh, Ozdemir was number eight. Krylov was number 10. I think uh, we'll, we'll see them uh, reversed in there. And, and um, yeah, both, both really heavy strikers at, at 205, uh, these guys are big, tough, and powerful. And and uh, that first round was one of my favorite rounds of the year. Oh, yeah. yeah. The first round was amazing. It was amazing. Great, great fight. Great fight by both these guys. But uh, I, I was I was super impressed with Krylov's will to win. He, yeah. was, he really was willing to not be denied, go into the fire, go into those dangerous spots with Ozdemir, get cracked, and somehow he survived it. He did it. Yeah. Impressive. Uh, I was impressed with uh, Khabib's uh, cousin, Abubakar. Got a nice decision victory. Um, Armin Petrosian, another decision victory for him. Uh, Muhammad Makayev, uh, 22 years old, and uh, beat the Canadian Malcolm X. Gordon uh, with a submission victory there. Uh, this, kid's, this kid's very popular. Um, he uh, has has a big following in the UK. And um, yeah, I think uh, he's got a bright, bright future undefeated still. And uh, 22 years old, one of the youngest fighters on the UFC roster looked great in, in that win. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He looked fantastic in that win for sure. Yeah. Um, I do want to just really quickly mention uh, next week's card. Uh, Saturday, we've got UFC 63 from the apex and uh that calvin cater arnold allen fight uh man i am super super excited to see these guys bang and uh number six against number seven in that featherweight division uh really a contender setup for both these guys who wins moves up into that top five who loses has to take a step or two back um man this this is gonna be a heck of a war Oh yeah, it, it's going to be extremely entertaining. I I, I love I love this uh, main event. I love this fight card. I like that, and I think uh, uh, a hidden gem on the main card: Dustin Jacoby Khalil Roundtree. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think that's going to be a barn burner. I think that's going to be a great fight. Yeah, I uh, I'm leaning towards the Warhorse uh, Roundtree, uh, Warhorse. Uh, I think he's. Um, I think he's able to to get this. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to many of the fights on the card. Uh, Jared the Mountain Vandera against uh, Waldo Salsaboy. Uh, that'll be fun. Uh, always great to see Andre Arlovsky, the Pitbulls in there. Um, he's he's always fun to watch and and such a legend in the sport. Uh, he always comes in. And you can't believe his resume, <laughs> all the things and fights it. He's been doing uh, that'll be that'll be great to see him and and um, yeah uh, the uh, Phil Haas Roman Delice always uh, 
Yeah, a, a great feature matchup. I think they do a really good job on that feature prelims. Usually as fight of the night, uh, uh, you know, early on, and you're like, wow, right, gung-ho for the uh, main card to start. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Like, and, and that that's a, that, that's, that's a great setup that they have to go into the main card with that fight. Because uh, those are two guys on 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 coming up, yeah. You know, so yeah, it's good. That's a great fight. Chase Hooper, uh, always fun to watch. Uh, such a skinny little lanky kid, but uh, yeah, he's got some skill and uh, move moving up in in the ranks. And uh, yeah, this will be fun. I'm looking forward to UFC Vegas 63. I think it's a normal normal time. I think we're talking about what starting at four o'clock. Uh, uh, one o'clock prelims, four o'clock Pacific time for the main card. So um, it'll be good. Uh, also Saturday, Saturday night from Glendale Arena in Arizona, Jake Paul Anderson Silva. Ooh, hoo, 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 hoo. <laughs> Will you watch? Oh man, maybe, maybe, okay. maybe. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll give that one a maybe because okay. I have. Incredible respect for Anderson Silva, yeah. not the other guy. <laughs> I uh, I wonder what happens to Jake Paul if he loses this fight. Uh, I think he goes on even more of a meteoric rise uh, if he wins this. But uh, Anderson Silva has looked great in his boxing career so far. And uh, I think I, I'm leaning towards Anderson a little bit more. But, um, yeah, Saturday night uh, should be interesting. I, I think I'll give it a watch. Should be interesting. Um, I, I would, I'm definitely cheering for Anderson. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, I, I would, I'd love to see Anderson, you know, knock him out. And then all of a sudden, ah, no more, no more boxing by the Pauls. Oh, great. Cool. <laughs> that could <Over>. be it. <laughs> yeah. They could retire him. That could be it. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Um, okay. We got to blast through the, uh, NBA, uh, really briefly. Uh, we were so long on, on both the NFL and the USC. Um, there have been some big surprises in the, NBA, uh, Utah Jazz in their rebuilding mode, getting rid of uh, the Spider Mitchell, getting rid of Gobert, getting rid of uh, Bog Bogdanovich. Uh, 3-0 and to start the year. Trailblazers 3-0, and the first, the only two undefeated teams in the West. Are you shocked to see Utah doing this? Well, yeah, I'm shocked to see Utah and the, and the, and the Trailblazers at both 3-0 and because those are not the teams that I would expect out of the West to be. Three and zero, and especially not the Utah Jazz when they, you know, they blew up their team. They they, they took a stick of dynamite and they blew it up. Well, yeah. actually, I can say Danny Ainge did because that's what Danny Ainge does. He goes, "This is not my team. These are not my players. Everybody's got to go." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a fire sale there this off season, and you thought, uh, yeah, this could be a one of those legendary teams to lose all their games, but um, yeah. Incredible. I watched the game yesterday and Kelly Olenek, uh, Canadian from Kamloops here in BC, gets the winning bucket. Looked good. Uh, uh, the Finnish guy, Laurie Markkinen, 30 Markkinen. points, double-double. Uh, uh, great performance by him. And uh, yeah, this team uh, has a has some pretty decent pieces around uh, Conley and and uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, was, I, was, I was impressed. I, I enjoyed that game. They they wanted an overtime, and it was it was fun. Yeah, it was it was an incredibly entertaining game. 
And the thing that I, I really loved about the game was I miss Sia Williamson. I did. Yeah. That guy is he he's 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 a showstopper. Yeah. It, it is so awesome just to watch him play basketball. Yeah. And I'm like, and I and I hope he does, I hope he I hope he's healthy this season because I really want to see more of that guy just play basketball. Yeah. Yeah. He had that ugly fall and uh, left with a hip contusion. Uh, probably won't be super serious. Uh, it was sad to see um, concussion by um, Brogdon. No, not Brogdon. Uh, concussion by his teammate. Uh, let me check it out here. Um, why am I not coming up with the name? Uh was it Herb Jones? No, no, the um main guy were uh Ingram? Yeah, yeah, Brandon Ingram uh got a concussion that game, so uh um, hopefully that doesn't keep him out long. Um yeah, it was uh CJ McCollum was kind of by himself at the end there, so I guess it wasn't surprising that he wasn't able to win the game on his own, but um yeah, both Zion and uh, Brandon Ingram both uh, had to leave the game early. Ah, oh, that's too bad. That's too bad. I, I guess I missed Brandon Ingram getting that concussion. I, I kind of missed that part. But McCollum had a great game, though. Yeah. 28 points, 12 assists. He, like I, I think it, them picking him up, he fits that team really, really well. Oh, yeah. Really that was well. a brilliant move by them. Yeah. Incredible. Very, very good. Um, they, the East, uh, there's only two undefeated teams, uh, left in the East Celtics at three and O and the Bucks at two and O. Uh, I guess both teams are uh, not super surprising. They're up there. Celtics had a bit of a weird off season with, uh, Ime Adoko getting, uh, the year suspension. And, uh, there was, you know, unsure of how they would handle a new coach coming in new system, but, uh, yeah, so far so good. Yeah, so far so good, and uh, Brogdon has fit in nicely with the team. Yeah, uh, excellent piece that they picked up, and uh, he, he and he has fit in perfectly. Uh, Raptors had a nice win tonight. Uh, they beat the Heat, ninety-eight uh, ninety. Uh, Precious Precious Ochua set a franchise record with twenty-two rebounds, the most ever for a guy coming off the bench for them. And uh, Pascal Siakam's look good. He got uh, triple-double over the weekend. His fourth triple-double uh, looked really fantastic doing it. Uh, they played Miami uh, a few days ago, and they got into a fight. Uh, Miami forward Caleb Martin and uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Jovic, uh, Nikola Jovic, not Djokovic. Uh, both got suspended for this game. Uh, they were fighting Christian Coloco. Uh, he was fined 15K, but didn't get a suspension. Um, that 15K, I was trying to look how much that really hits him in the uh, pocketbook. Uh, it's 1% of his $1.5 million salary. So, uh, whoop de doo I guess, but no big deal. But uh, yeah, he's one of the he's one of the poor guys in the NBA. But uh, yeah, 15K. Uh, did you see that altercation? Did you see that bit of that fight that they had the other night? Oh, I missed it. I missed yeah. it. What, like, yeah, what happened? Uh, there was a fight for the loose ball uh, under the hoop. Um, basically, Coloco got uh, uh, shoved down. He stood up as um, Martin was looming over him. 
kind of, they both kind of push each other and then Martin just tackled him into the crowd <laughs> and, and started swinging at him and then everybody poured in there to try to pull him off uh the reason why uh Jovich got suspended was he came off the bench he wasn't on the court at the time and he tried to break it up but um yeah it was Caleb Martin was definitely the, the instigator uh he caused all the mayhem I I don't think Coloco should have even got a fine but uh yeah it was pretty nasty and I wondered if it would spill into the rematch tonight but uh I I didn't I didn't hear that there was any more shenanigans so good good Caleb Martin is a bit of a jerk at times and uh yeah he 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 wasn't in there tonight oh that's a little disappointing but okay all right well cooler heads prevailed and I guess that's a good thing I guess <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, did you see John Morant's uh, performance against Houston on Friday? 49 see, points. 49 points, yeah. Yeah. Uh, last year was a breakout year for him. And, uh, yeah, he's he's obviously starting uh, off really well again. Uh, he is amazing. Uh, again, just another guy that when you watch him, it's just a pleasure to watch him play. Yeah. It's, a, it's an absolute pleasure to watch him play. Yeah. Like, I, I believe the game before – he had one of the most amazing charges called against him I've ever seen. Wow. Where he he tried to glide past him. The guy still got the charge, but he hung in the air and still made the layup. Amazing, eh? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. yeah, he's so athletic and incredible. Yeah, his size is amazing. Yeah, he's he's amazing. I uh, love watching him play for sure. Um, Philadelphia, uh they had a victory tonight, but uh, they had an 0-3 start to the year. Uh, good numbers for Embiid and Harden, but no cohesiveness on the court. They look they, they just don't look like they know how to play with each other. It's 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 pretty rough. Um, the Philly Philadelphia fans are renowned for being really tough on their teams, but right now uh, Eagles are undefeated. Phillies are in the World Series. I think uh, 76ers uh, on the priority scale are going down a little bit. They won't get as much media attention, won't get as much wrath, but uh, they better figure this out because Philly fans can be pretty ruthless. Well, once the Phillies and the Astros series is done, all right, now now more attention will be given to 76ers. And eventually football is going to be done too. And yeah. there's gonna, then, then it's going to get bad. Then they get yeah, amped up. <laughs> Attention will be back on him, yeah. Uh, did you see how impressive of a performance Paolo Bancaro had in his first appearance? Uh, the number one overall draft pick uh, set a record that hasn't been seen since LeBron's rookie year. Did you 25, see 5, and 5, right? Yeah, yeah. He actually had 27, 9, and 5, and nobody's had that number uh in the rookie year since lebron so uh pretty good company already for a guy that were a lot of people weren't sure was that number one overall guy uh they sort of went off the board and got him and uh man he looked great uh, great great in that first game yeah no he's he's looking like yeah no no he's a solid number one yeah solid number one so far from even what i've seen from him in preseason he's he's impressive he's impressive yeah. Uh, there is a uh, big there, there is a trade uh, happening uh, over the next coming days. Uh, Jay Crowder wants out of Phoenix. Uh, they decided to start Cameron Johnson over him. 
he said, no, I, I'm starting somewhere. Get me out of here. Um, there's a lot of teams supposedly interested. Uh, I hear Milwaukee, Atlanta, and Miami. Uh, I think the Heat are the most likely destination as they are trying to replace P.J. Tucker, who went to Philly. And um, I, I think that trade will be consummated in the in the next few days here. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes just scored two goals within about 15, 20 seconds, and they're up 3-1 to one on the Canucks here. Uh, so, yeah, another two-goal deficit they're in, third period. Um, P.J. Tucker, uh, only in Philly three games. Uh, there was a lot of people that said they could hear him out in the arena from the locker room as he uh, yelled and screamed at his new teammates on how lousy of a performance they had against the rebuilding Spurs on the weekend. They lost 114-105, and uh, Doc Rivers said he absolutely flipped out on his team, and he was happy that P.J. took the lead to do that and uh, <laughs> called out his teammates for lackadaisical play and uh, not, not putting in an effort against a team that they should have beat. Oh, absolutely. How do you how are you gonna lose to the Spurs? Are you serious? I'm I'm sure PJ Tucker goes, I didn't come here to like lose to the Spurs, boys. Yeah. Give me a win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, good on him. That was great. Yeah, good to hear. Um, the Nets, they look super awful against the <laughs> uh the Pelicans, and uh Kyrie was horrible, uh six for nineteen. Did not look good. They uh they had a bounce back against the Raptors and won, but uh, this is is this going to be a dumpster fire kind of season again for Brooklyn? Are we going to just see highs and lows and just a lot of craziness in between? Yeah, yeah, that, that that's exactly how it's going to go. Yeah. Like Kyrie will show up for some games, like when he when he feels like he wants to. Um, Ben Simmons looks like he's actually going to be just he's just going to play. Wow, which is nice. Wow. Looks like that's like looks like he's just I'm, I'm just gonna play, Maybe. and and KD will just do KD stuff, and he'll be probably be the last man standing out of all of it once it's all yeah. said and done. Crazy. Uh, they have a tough schedule this week. They play the Bucks, the Mavs, and the Grizzlies. So uh, we'll see what uh, what they can pull together. Uh, a team that I've been watching quite a bit has been the Clippers. Uh, great to see John Wall and Kawhi Leonard back after missing all of last year. Uh, they will be doing a lot of load management, I'm sure. Uh, you know how it worked out with load management with Kawhi with the Raptors. Um, John Wall looks like uh, he's had a resurgence and and looking great. And uh, this team will be fun to watch. Oh no, the team's going to be great to watch. The the main X factor for the Clippers was what is John Wall going to look like? John Wall looks great. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. looks really good. Yeah. I, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Is there any other NBA notes um, that you had that you, you wanted to mention before we call it a night? Oh, yes. I did want to mention the one thing. I'm really liking the way the Cavs are looking. Um, yeah. They played yeah, they played on Sunday, Love won it. an OT against the Wizards, and Donovan Mitchell seems to have found his stride with that team. 37 points, five rebounds, four assists. Um, I, I think Cleveland's going to be a team to watch. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited about that team. Yeah. It's uh I think they've assembled a, a really exciting great team. And uh yeah, look out. Um I think tons of the, the conference uh better 
better be on alert because um, they're coming. They 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 have they have all the pieces they need to be a really really top team. Yeah, yeah, and like when whenever Darius Garland comes back and plays and stuff, and they already got uh, uh, Mobley, they got Jared out. Like that's a good team, man. It's yeah. a really really good team. Yeah, it's awesome to see because uh, they struggled quite a bit after LeBron left there, and um, yeah, it's good that they've they've turned this thing around. Really good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Team, I'm I'm definitely paying attention to this season. Yeah. Well, man, uh, this was fun as always. Uh, great to cover it. Uh, we went pretty long tonight, but um, yeah, it was great. Uh, uh, I I enjoyed the card. I was pissed off uh, on a few occasions, uh, but um, you know, I guess uh, <laughs> you get you get the good with the bad, eh? Yeah, uh, you get the good with the bad. Um, hopefully, this next one coming up for this weekend is going to be, you know. Nothing but finishes. Yeah. Right, Uncle Dana? Right? <laughs> right. Nothing but finishes. <laughs> so, so. Okay, well, and enjoy the basketball this week. Uh, and, uh, yeah, yeah, let's let's talk through the week. Um, yeah, yeah, think about that uh, uh, fun event that um, Stefan was talking about uh, coming up in a few weeks. And I and, uh, hope this week uh, continues to be quiet for you. Yes. So do I. And I hope that, you know, your week, you know, gets better. Maybe. Hopefully. <laughs> stay, stay dry, my man. Stay dry. Thanks for this as always. Sorry. Uh, what was I just said stay dry and uh, thanks for this as always. Okay. Thank you again. Uh, always a pleasure, my friend. Always a pleasure. Okay. Ta-ta for now. Cheers. Good night. Bye for now. Okay. Well, yeah, we, uh, we went over a couple hours, I think. Um, thanks for tuning in. As always, appreciate your support. Uh, speaking of support, I uh, want to thank our partners and sponsors. Um, Anchor.fm, the easiest place to make a podcast. Phenomenal at posting on multiple podcast platforms for us. Verbero, the hockey equipment and apparel company, industry leader in technology, performance, and value. And the V350 stick is a must-have. For anybody uh, that plays hockey in your midst, um, we've got uh, Pampas of Possibilities, designers of West Coast beautiful things for your home. So let them come in and spruce up your place and make it look great. And of course, Forever Living, the aloe vera company for health and beauty products. And you can purchase lots of products on our website at discounted rates. And uh, yeah, love you guys so much. Love you uh, beyond belief and I appreciate your support. Take care of yourself and have a great week ahead. Uh, check out our websites and uh, yeah, give us uh, some feedback and uh, give us some help. Uh, spread the word. Love you.